Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. I've got some breaking news for y'all if you haven't heard it already from our alerts yesterday and overnight. The Texas House is going to vote on the Save Women's Sports Bill tomorrow. So I've got some more I want to talk about on that. That is Senate Bill 15. Check our websites and SaveWomenSportsTexas.com to find out more what's going on in that issue and how close we are to this meaningful legislation. And I tell you what, the timing could not be any better to have our guest today on our show. Really excited about this. Someone that I've admired for a long time, you'll be familiar with as well. So we're going to go straight into our guest and we're going to go on for about 15 or 20 minutes. And then I'll have some commentary after our guest leaves, some important updates that you'll want to stay uh, tuned with. So if you know about our show, if you're new to the show, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom in the arenas of the culture, the media, and also the legislature. And so we've been running for about five years and about 300 episodes. And so on many different um, podcasts and different formats and on our website. But our guest today, this is her first time to be on our show, and we're excited about it. She is a five-time Sports Emmy Award winner. She's been on ESPN, NBC, ABC, CBS, uh, and 30 years in sportscast, and probably one of the most uh, famous names and certainly faces in sports broadcasting, and even more recently for the football arena. Michelle Tafoya is our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Michelle, welcome. I thank you so much. You credited me for five Emmys. It's only four. I like <laughs> to correct that because I don't know how that number five got out there. But uh, anyway, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I'm sure you earned another one if they didn't give you more. <laughs> somewhere along the line that I didn't get. Yeah. <laughs> and four. Uh, listen, I looked, I'm a big football fan, big sports guy. I have a, a son who's a high school senior and a football and baseball player. We're always watching, you know, football, uh, NBC on NBC and, and other formats. Of course, uh, I know that was some of your time more recently. Um, and so, but I was talking to my son about this last night. I was like, Hey, guess who's going to be on my podcast this week. And of course he knew you, uh, who you were and a lot of people do. And, uh, and look, great, wonderful career that you've had over time to have that Thank type you. of lasting power in that format. And so I want our guests to, to hear a little bit about your background though. Uh, and what you've done leading up to that, your education, but also then talk about what you're doing now, because um, it's not completely different. You're obviously in front of a microphone and in front of a camera, but certainly a little bit different. So, but I just want to set things up. Michelle Tafoya is a graduate of University of California, Berkeley. She got her master's in business from USC. And that's the little point I'm going to come back around later. Michelle, we're gonna, I'm going to have some fun with a question I want to ask her about USC. But um, as I mentioned, probably one of the most widely recognized faces and names in sports casting. Michelle, um, were you involved in sports at a young age? What got you involved in interest in sports casting? I can start with just my dad. Uh, yeah. Both my parents grew up during the Depression, very, very poor families, uh, somehow just found opportunities for themselves, went to college, met at UC Berkeley, got married. And my dad had uh, this passion for sports, particularly basketball, track and field. And so he got all of his kids. My brother was the oldest, got all of us involved in sports. And if we weren't playing sports, we were watching sports. So ultimately I go to college. Um, by the way, I have since sent my diploma back to UC Berkeley because I'm not real <laughs> thrilled with their, are, um, are they aware of that? Did you oh, make yes, that? They, no question. <laughs> they know they responded. Uh, it, it just, I don't appreciate the 
uh, the free speech movement was started at UC Berkeley, and yet free speech seems to be not so much prevalent there anymore. So I sent it back. Um, Regardless, got out of school, uh, went to get my master's at USC, and all along was just a just a sports fanatic and decided I wanted to marry my two passions, which were sports and broadcasting and kind of started from there. And you detailed where I've worked and um, I've just had a blessed career. And it got to a point where my kids were getting older. I had missed a lot of their lives, a lot. And um, I decided, I, you know what, I want to, I don't want to do this anymore. And there are some really important things tugging at my heart and my soul that I feel strongly about. And, um, you know, my dad, who's Hispanic, taught me that I lived in the greatest nation on God's green earth uh, and that the opportunities were plentiful. And I think I'm a living example of just being able to pursue opportunities, work your tail off if you're willing to, and get to where you want to go. I mean, it's as simple as that. I didn't have any boost ups. I didn't, I didn't have any of that. I just worked, worked, worked. And, um, you know, some of that comes at a great cost. So, but I was willing to do it to, to live out my dream. And I'm so glad that I did. But now's the time to, before it gets too late in my life, to start voicing some things that I really feel concerned about as, as it pertains to the future of this country for my own kids. Now, listen, there are so many important things going on right now. And for someone like yourself to have that academic background, the professional background, um, it, you know, it puts you in a position where you want to do other things. You've got a lot of credibility. You know, people are interested in what you have to say. They recognize you. They know you've done quality work. And, you know, it's been interesting. I was doing a little bit of research on your background, if you will, getting prepared. And I was excited to see about your Hispanic background. I bet, you know, we have probably some similar uh, some similarities in our upbringing, myself being Hispanic on my father's side. And, the mm-hmm. you know, the hard work was, was always a part of it. I was talking yes. to my son about that. Um, over the weekend, how um, he's getting ready to get to get prepared for college, going into a senior year in high school, and how much that hard work, that work, work ethic can set you apart as you move forward. And that's yeah. a lot about who we are as Americans, what this country was built on, no those question. opportunities, right, that you take advantage of. And now here you are um, with a new opportunity. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, I see the podcast that you're doing. Obviously, you brought our good friend Riley Gaines on there, the Michelle Foya Tafoya podcast, if you haven't seen it yet. Um, Guy Benson, Alan West, our good friend from here in Texas. Um, are you having fun with it? I am. I'm getting to talk to so many people. And the other day, I brought my old friend Al Michaels on as well. And we just talked sports and it was a blast. Uh, so there's a little of that mixed in as well. But primarily, I'm talking to thought leaders uh, activists like Riley, whom I admire so much for her courage. She doesn't seem to be having a lot of famous voices help her out in this. And that surprises me. Um, there are many of us, uh, myself, Megan Kelly, uh, who are speaking out and promoting her, uh, her, 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 her activism and believe very firmly in this, this cause. I mean, I, when I was, I was a little, little kid when title nine was passed and I remember my dad telling me and my two sisters, hey, now you've you've been born right at the right time. You get to compete in sports. He'd coach us in basketball. He coached us. He he taught us to love sports. And here we are now. We've had our own division. We certainly can't compete with men. So why should men be able to compete against us? And that is, it's so simple to me. And I've talked to people of all walks of life who say, I can't even believe we're having this debate. How is this a debate? You know, and it's uh, 
it's a, it's a, I hope this is a blip in history that we're in where we're sort of absurd in many ways in this country. There are absurdities all around us and it's shocking and it's maddening and it's frustrating. And I, I hope this, you know, I read a lot of history and I hope this is recognized as a blip in American history. Well, it's interesting too. You talk about Title IX, you know, celebrating 50 years this year. Uh, to, yesterday ended a comment period where the federal government was taking comments about some changes they want to make that relate to Title IX and sports. And we've, we've voiced our concerns on that, and many people have across the country. Um, it, but there's been a lot of significance to that issue over time. I imagine, you know, you had Riley Gaines on, the uh, female athlete, the swimmer who was forced to compete against a male swimmer. Riley, I believe, is 22. Maybe she's turned 23 by now. We've been young working lady. with her for about a year. Yeah. What a remarkable young lady. But you're on the sidelines and in different um, you know, settings in the sports world. I'm sure you were able to see what it's like for athletes, particularly Let female athletes, to work year after year to be at some of the highest levels. Let me give you a great example of why there are two divisions. Okay, <laughs> yeah, If you can't see it already. At the world championships in swimming, okay, like Katie Ledecky, Michael Phelps, I covered this on my way to covering two Olympic games where I was covering aquatics. World championships, they have this really cool event. It's called a mixed relay where you have four legs like you do in every relay. You have the free, you have the breast, you have the back, and you have the fly. And you get to pick uh, two women and two men to compete. And you've got to strategize. Because you know, well, Katie Ledecky is going to be great in the free. She can probably really gain us some time there, but they're, they're swimming, they're male in the free. So do we want to put her again? So there, there is a calculated approach to how, when you're going to put your women in the pool and when you're going to put your men in the pool, because you know, there are going to be different outcomes. But ultimately, it's the cumulative time of those four competitors. It's a great event. I wish they put it in the Olympics. They haven't yet. It's only in Worlds uh, that I know of. But it again, it's very simple. They acknowledge in this sport that you've got to strategize. You can't just put your best breaststroker in because that might not be strategically the best way to beat this other team of two women and two men. So it's all really strategic, which makes it really interesting and fun to watch. And again, acknowledges flat out, we've got differences between our men and our women in sports. Now, the, the trans community, the ones who, the trans women who want to compete, compete will say, well, but I've been taking hormone blockers. Therefore, I'm not, you know, I'm not equal to men and I'm more equal to women. I'm sorry if for someone like Leah Thomas, who swam for years as a male, you cannot replicate that as a female, that swimming as a male means you've been training as a male, you've grown up as a male, you don't get a period, right? You don't have all the other issues that women have. You don't have breasts. Sorry to be so blatant about this, but so that affects. Oh no, I heard the podcast with you and Riley. You yeah, all got really uh, some, some we got into it. topic well, areas you, know you covered along that line, but relevant. Yeah, it is relevant. I mean, you know, women and men are built differently. Yeah. So there is no female swimmer alive that could compete with Michael Phelps. And well, uh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Well, and, and you mentioned 2008. You covered the uh, the Olympics in 2008 uh, for swimming and diving. 
No, I did. Uh, I did the Rio. In, I did Rio in 2016. Okay. And in tw- and I did uh, well, London, I wasn't doing swimming. So and Tokyo in 2021, the COVID, okay. the COVID year. So I, I, when you brought that up, though, when you're talking about swimming, I was remembering that, you know, the you remember the um, the relay race with Phelps when they were behind. Yeah. I'm sure yes. you've probably seen that in 2008. In Beijing, I was in was a phenomenal. hotel room. I think I was traveling for work by myself, jumping up and down on the yeah. bed. You know, yeah. USA. What I mean, those are some remarkable moments. But you saw the difference, right? Yeah. The just the thread of a difference, right? How much of a difference that can make? And you think about, you know, Riley talks about this, right? I mean, there aren't swimming races very often where people are winning by one and two body lengths. They're usually no, really close no, to each other. Very so uncommon. all those little pieces, those little threads of time, those small amounts of time, they matter a lot. I want to, well, let's talk a little bit more about Riley since y'all had a great conversation. Uh, but real quick, Leah Thomas, you may or may not be aware of this. He's from Texas right here in Austin. I this did is not where he that. went to high school. Okay. So there's a little bit of more chatter in a very famous high school, by the way. Westlake High School produced oh. Nick Foles, Super Bowl yep. winner, and Drew Brees, Super Bowl yep. winner. And yeah. so really interesting to see that Texas connection. And we've talked about that a lot here in Texas. So our legislators and others will understand that um, in, the, in the significance of the touch it has on our state. Uh, and so, but yes, you, you visit with Riley. Here she is being forced to compete against him. And she talks about this. She didn't even, she didn't know who he was because usually you're familiar with your fellow athletes, right? Yes, at, you are. At that Absolutely. level. Absolutely. And um, she's testified twice now in the Texas House and Texas Senate. And I hear her say a little bit more every time. And she's tough. There's no doubt. She, she no is question. tough. But when you're talking about it, you can hear it just for a moment, hit her to where she's back in that moment about what it felt like personally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a lot of the young ladies, not only in the pool, but in the locker room, uh, they were nervous and, and really just, you know, troubled by how they were supposed to feel. And and there was a lot of concern. You know, it's yeah. I mean, when you're sharing a locker room, we usually have men's and women's locker rooms separately. And I don't care if you identify as a female and look, go live your life. I really that part of it. I, I don't care. It's do you. But the point is now you are saying you are more important than everyone else in that locker room because you deserve special preference to be there. And I just, I think it's, I think it's really selfish. Um, I think that, you know, it's not serving the overall picture of what's supposed to be going on here. And so, yeah, there are so, there are a lot of concerns about this. There's no question. And I applaud Riley and I wish more people would join her in, in talking about this for the, the, the women who think it's okay for a trans woman to compete against a biological woman, I just think they're, I'm, I'm not sure what their motivation is, inclusivity, but, but it's just, it's not fair. I mean, well, we've seen it, we've seen it in the- cycling, we've seen it in MMA, we're seeing it in powerlifting. It's, it's not fair, period, the end. No, and there's an article out that sororities are now dealing with this. There yeah. are guys that want to join women's sororities. I mean, this is kind of a popular sport in, in Austin. Disc golf. There's an article. I mean, it just yeah. seems like 
it, there's probably not any sport where it's not touching. I think several years ago, people would have said, oh, this is a very isolated incident. I didn't right. think that then, but there's no real evidence now. The evidence obviously shows that it's it's in a variety of different sports. I want to do something real quick, too. I forgot to do this at the beginning for people that are watching on Facebook. I'm going to share this on my Facebook feed so more people can see and hear our conversation. I invite other people to do the same. Um, and so we're going to go for about another uh, six or seven minutes with Michelle and, and having a wonderful conversation. I invite people to go to uh, to her social media outlets on Twitter and others, and also to check out her podcast. Um, you've been getting some media attention on this. I saw you had a Fox interview about the Save Women's Sports issue mm -hmm. uh, and talking about some of the hormones issues. Several states are working on legislation related to this, excuse me, uh, Texas being one of them. We have a big vote in our Texas House tomorrow um at what i mean this is something that you know over time has bothered you or now that you're doing your podcast um what's allowed you to sort of be more comfortable or feel like you know what i need to say something i i started talking about this quite a while ago when i saw it happening in youth sports and i thought you know i have a daughter okay yeah. so my daughter plays soccer and basketball and if her space on a roster was lost because a trans woman, a trans female came onto the team and knocked her out of an opportunity to compete, I would be livid. Now, look, yeah. if, an, if a girl, if a biological girl were to beat her out of a spot, that, that's called competition, fair and square. But if a biological male who is identifying as a female knocks my daughter out of an opportunity, I just think it's unfair. Now, look, there's a really strong feeling among parents of trans kids that they they are losing opportunities. And I would suggest, no, they're not. If they're born a male, they can compete with males. And if if they're if they're not if if they don't make that team, then they probably wouldn't have, regardless of how they identify. I, I realize this is a really tricky subject. And I'm Look, I'll say what Bob Costas and I talked about the other day. We don't want anyone to feel excluded. We don't want anyone to, to be hurt. We don't want anyone to be mistreated. Nothing like that. We, we want everyone to be accepted for who they are. At the same time, we want girls to be accepted for who they are. That's right. And we, and we fought for this right for girls to have their sports for so long. I mean, yes. it's it's almost ridiculous. And so the fact that this is even a conversation is is startling to me. And a lot of people, like you said, kind of poo-pooed and said, oh, this this will never affect my daughter. Well, when it if it does, I I, I that would be a that would be very sad. But what we see at in elite levels now, like as you said, club level, um, just kind of recreational, that is one category. But when girls are competing for scholarships when they're competing for trophies, when they're competing for roster spots on Olympic teams, now we're talking about their, their, their very futures and their success. And, and well, it is just wrong. No, you're absolutely right. We're talking with Michelle Tafoya, as she told me, four-time Sports Emmy award-winning broadcaster for 30 years. She now has her own podcast, Michelle Tafoya Podcast. Check her out on social media. She's saying a lot of interesting things, things that we care about, and she's been involved in this conversation 
on the Save Women Sports issue. And you mentioned that as a parent, right? It almost kind of reaches another level. You're like, wait yeah. a minute, you know, and, and you probably cared about it before, but then as a parent, you see these things and it, you know, and you think, I mean, you know this better than probably anybody. Sports is big business this day, these <laughs> days too, right? Even for female athletes. And we have a statistic that we've been presenting in our testimony as Senate Bill 15 makes its way through the Texas legislature. This is a bill that would protect women in college sports from having men compete against them. But the statistic is that an overwhelming majority of women who are CEOs of Fortune 500 businesses have a competitive athletic background. There yeah. is a connection to that issue for creating opportunities, not just in the sports industry, but for wherever most of the, those women are going to go on to later. And so, um, so there's a there's a direct connection and a concern, but also there's a bigger picture there, uh, which is what Title Title IX was also about creating those opportunities yeah. to go to college and, and some of those great things. And I think those are, those things are going to be impacted as well if we don't do something. Okay. I got two okay. more questions. Can I just, can I just of, say one more ahead, thing Michelle. real quick? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. For go people ahead. Who, people who say, well, we can't deny Leah Thomas an opportunity. We did not deny Leah Thomas yeah. an opportunity. She was competing as a, as a biological male for most of her college career. I, there, there was plenty of opportunity there. She didn't, she didn't compete well against the other men. She was like 400th in the nation. So, yeah. but the opportunity was there. So nothing was taken from her, um, but stuff was taken from other people. Go ahead. Sorry. No, that's okay. But I think that's a great point too, because that's, that's sort of the argument. If you don't let us, then we have no other opportunities. And it's just not true. Mm -hmm. um, and, and to your point that you were making earlier, that sports is competitive. Not everybody makes the team. Michael Jordan, as we hear all the time, got cut yeah. from his high school team. I mean, you know, and so, but maybe you try a different sport or you try some other interests, but it's not as if there's, I mean, there are so many opportunities for sports these days. I mean, there, you know, um, there'll be opportunities that that will exist for, for everyone. And, and I don't think that's really the issue. For a lot of people, it's a political movement, as yes. we know. Um, so um, before we close out, do you, two things, but real quick, you think we'll start to, I mean, hope to see more athletes. I mean, you're a broadcaster, but you've got a great platform. I know Riley's trying to stir some of that up. Do you, I mean, do you think you're going to see more female athletes of prominence talk I about hope, this? I hope both side? female and males. We saw the GM of the Detroit Lions step up to a podium wearing yep. a sweatshirt that said, save women's sports, women as a girl's sports. I thought that was a really gutsy move and a really yeah. strong move. And I hope we see more of that from dads, from, from men and from women, everyone should have a stake in this. Yeah, no, that's, I, it does. I mean, it, and these are a lot of times, these are family things. When kids are younger, we've got a great video of Riley at a really young age on our save women, sports, um, a video we put together that shows her from a young age all the way to where she is now, but, you know, really drives home that point of, of all the time that it takes. Okay. My last point and question I want to mention your USC grad, you just so happen to be wearing longhorn burnt orange today. At least that's the way it looks to me. Were you at the USC versus Texas national championship game in 2006? No, I was not. I got my graduate degree in business from USC. Uh, so no, I did not attend that game. I know my son up here in Minnesota has a very deep interest in attending UTA. So if anyone can help us out. <laughs> I might know somebody. Okay. We'd I'm just saying. <laughs> he, you, your son and my son are exactly in the same situation, heading into their senior years, getting yeah. ready for college. But no, when I put this shirt on this morning, I, I didn't even think about <laughs> Texas. I, it, it's just coincidental.
Okay, I won't make you do the hook'em horns because I was a proud graduate in 1998. I can't do it. My son was a few months from being born uh, when that game was taking place. What an extraordinary game. All right, I do have a Texas Values football. I'm going to mail somewhere where you have a mailing address. We're going to send that over to you. you. But what a fun conversation, but what an important conversation. I want to thank you for having the courage, but also really the awareness to get involved and to continue to message on the issue of Save Women Sports. Um, I think you're making such a difference. You're probably allowing a lot of other people to think about it more and also say, you know what? She makes a great point. I feel the same way. And I think it's going to open up the conversation even more. We're going to get more support. So I want to uh, say thank you for doing that and also want to encourage you to continue to do it. And I want to conclude by saying thank you to Michelle Tafoya for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. All right. What a great, great guest we had. Michelle, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you, Michelle. Very much. Be well. Good luck tomorrow. You bet. Bye bye. Um, I I probably prepare more for this interview than I have many. I'm just going to say, I'll be honest with you. Okay. (laughs) I appreciate that. But I appreciate it. Well, and I just encourage for her to come to talk about these issues. You don't see people a lot with a national platform that would do it. All right. As I mentioned in my opening, Big vote tomorrow. Texas House is voting on Senate Bill 15, the Save Women Sports Bill. What a wonderful opportunity to have Michelle on to talk about this subject. But the bill has already passed the Texas Senate. It just needs to pass the Texas House. The votes are there. All right. And I'm not saying that it's a foregone conclusion. All right. I've been involved in the legislative process for close to 20 years. You can't take anything for granted. Come to the Texas Capitol tomorrow and stand with us. Come in the gallery. We're going to have some things like maybe some water bottles that say safe women's sports and some other things so you can show your support. We're going to have drinks, snacks, all kinds of stuff. It might be a long day. But this is an important vote that we've been working on for quite some time. You know, we wanted to get this bill passed in 2021. Okay. But the legislature decided we're just going to do K through 12. All right. So we said, we need to come back and protect college sports for women. And just so happened, the Leah Thomas issue was last year, right? It didn't happen two years ago before we started working on this at a state level. And so, um, so the timing is right though. We've got enough time, but we got to get this done tomorrow. Go to our website, savewomensportstexas.com. See more about our updates. Check our action site, txvaluesaction.org. So you can figure out how you can take action, contact your legislator, but come to the Capitol with us. Spend some time with us. Be a part of history. All right. Make a difference. If you haven't come to the Capitol yet this year, this is your day. Okay. This is the one day. And you think, oh, I'm working during the day. We might still be working on this at night. All right. Think about coming by after work or I got to work in the morning or I got to work late. Okay. Come in the morning, but we're going to be there. We're going to make it comfortable for you. We're going to show you where to go. You'll be able to be visible. You'll see why when you get there, we have some things for people to have while they're there so they can show their support. But the, the vote for Senate Bill 15 is tomorrow, Wednesday. Show up at the Texas Capitol. If you can't, show your support on social media. Go to our social media outlets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and sort of copy, retweet, whatever what we're doing so we can get that out there. Hey, listen, event announcement, June 9th in San Antonio. We're going to have a benefit dinner. Senator Donna Campbell, Steve Munisteri from the governor's office is going to be there. Great tickets still available. We need your support. If you haven't donated or even if you have recently, now is the time when our expenses are higher and the need is great and we've got victory very close txvalues.org. Make that tax-deductible donation today. And that's how we'll protect faith, family, and freedom in Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.